welcome to H Minority, a podcast for youth about the gospel. I'm your host, Jaquel, here with my co-host, Pastor and Dad, Sean. Jaquel, if only you knew how much restraint I exercised in not singing happy birthday to me to the music. Well, like I told you many times before... That song is copyrighted. Do you want us to be off the air forever? You know, I, it wasn't that that concerned me. I just didn't. I didn't know if I could deal with you coming so hard on coming down on me so hard about being so unprofessional. Well, that's what I like to hear. I mean, I just want to incentivize you to fear my wrath. You have so that filled you me with to, fear to really be professional, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I love this. I mean, you're doing okay. it for the motives of fear. Mm. Yeah, this is this is great. I've taken my cue from the government. As long as it accomplishes my purpose. Right. I'm cool with it's it. It's all about coercion, <laughs> right? But if it, yeah, I mean, if it accomplishes your purposes, it's effective, right? Okay, so whatever you need to do, the the, the end justifies the means hey, is Dad, what you're saying. Dad, happy birthday. <laughs> hey, thanks. I mean, it's not really your birthday it's, when I'm recording this, it, or your actual birthday when this episode comes see, out. See, why can't but. you just <laughs> let the mystery be there? Like, for people, it could just be. They could just be like, wow, today's, well, not today, but so a few y- days ago was Sean's birthday. You're telling me you want the listeners to be deceived right no, now. No, just, it's just the element of, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> the element of deception. I Got don't it. No, It's just... It, uh, it's just like, so uh, it's my birthday. Well, not really when this records. It just sounds so lame. What? Don't you think? I mean, Don't you think, okay. Jaquel? I mean, it's because of you that we're recording so far in advance right now, hey, Dad. I have things going on, okay? Yes, I finally I mean, sold my house. I got an apartment. Yes. It's we, pretty amazing. We updated everybody on the house, Sega. You sold the house. But the last everybody heard is mm-hmm. you didn't have an apartment. You kind of had an apartment, but it wasn't confirmed. We have an apartment. Yes. So. Finally some closure to <laughs> this terrible. Mom, mom was keeping uh, one can of beans. So just in case we had to go hoboing, yeah. she was ready to throw those beans in her hobo pack. Well, and we were going to go out hoboing. I mean, Joe just built a nice little shed on our I know, land, so right? could have oh. just moved into there. I was, I was so tempted, and I'm not gonna because I already told him. But I was so tempted. So, uh, do people? Yeah, people know we bought a piece of land, right? Yes, they know. And we're we, building a house yes. on there, and, and so Joe has put a shack. Or, uh, I mean, <laughs> she, sorry, he's put a shed on there. Wow, it's a shed. It's sorry, a nice shed. Yeah, he, he put a shed. Well, he's gonna be putting a shack on there for me. But anyway, he put a shed on there. And, uh, and you know, he locked it up and he gave me the key. And so I yep. thought it would be so funny if I knew he was coming over there one day and just like run over there with a lawn chair and just be sitting in there. I'm like, oh, I thought this was my, <laughs> he built this for me, right? But anyway, I mean, like, you know, small things amuse me. So. Well, he is going over there this afternoon. Well, I'm not going over there. I mean, yeah, we're I, recording. Uh, yeah. You're so busy. what's he doing this afternoon? He's just dropping some stuff off at the shed. Oh, okay. Yeah, he finished his work this morning. Uh, yeah, so we're waiting. I don't, uh, my plan is to go to the land once there's a the driveway. The driveway is. <laughs> And that's what I told mom. I will be so excited because yeah. it changes it from being a chunk of forest yeah, right? to being an actual location you can yeah. drive to. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I don't have no idea what we were we were talking we're about, about my your birthday. birthday. Yeah. yeah, big five zero, half a century. Big five zero. Yeah, let me Which impart I some... I still don't know what we're doing for your birthday. I don't either. I mean, we're busy. We're moving. We move on the... <laughs> busy. We move on the 9th, the Saturday before my birthday, which uh, has already happened when this records. Seeing exactly. As we're, seeing as we're doing the whole time machine thing. Yep. And so... And like, your birthday's the 13th. We're going to be moving in and stuff like that. It's going to be crazy. We'll just we'll just hang out and not go out to eat. Yep. We'll eat at home. And uh, Trav's going to come hang out. Yep. I think Hannah's coming with him. So, you know, we'll just hang out. It'll be... Just it'll, hang out. It'll be chill. Chill. Be totally chill. 
because I, I mean don't, I don't you're pretty old surprises. now so yeah we don't want anything that'll uh, you know, scare you too much and as you well know never been a big fan of the surprise yeah. type party I mean it's interesting because I talked about an element of surprise I experienced in the sermon on Sunday I didn't yes. experience the surprise on, on the sermon but that one time Grammy and Grampy uh, surprised me and showed yes. up here on my birthday and for people who don't know like they live on the other side of the country and many, Canada is many massive miles away. and so so when I walked into the kitchen and that was crazy and for, I didn't even know we had the video yes and Jekyll, I recorded it you sent me the video the other day and I was like oh my goodness yeah that was that was bonkers crazy but you know the whole surprise party thing it's just well I think know? there's different a difference between certain surprises just in general and surprise parties I suppose because like a surprise party you have sometimes you don't feel like a party or sometimes you just like don't True. feel like having a bunch of people there you have to switch into party mode so yeah. quickly and what if you're not even in party mode? exactly and this is the thing you gotta fake it you, you fake have it to be the kind it. of person that can always go to party mode take it yeah. from zero to party mode just like that to th- to really enjoy a surprise party and many people can't do that but not only am i not a big fan of the surprise party i'm not a big fan of the surprise at all I like to be in control of the situation. Yes, and prepared. Especially when it has something to do with church, as you well know. Sometimes oh, people like sure. to surprise, do things by surprise. And I'm like, I just, Well, know. I do think it's a big difference when we're talking about surprises at church versus like yeah. surprising your children when they're mean, going to Disneyland. And, and by surprise, I mean like, you know, they want to surprise me with a gift or something. So it's always a very nice surprise. Yeah. But it's just, uh, you know, I'm just not a big fan of the surprises. I don't know. Maybe it's control issues. Maybe, Maybe. I have control issues. It's possible, Jekyll. What I, do you think? Do you think I have control issues? Do I think you have control issues? That's such Let's an interesting question. Let's not answer that question. question. How's things going with you, Jekyll? Things are going pretty well, Dad. Pretty well? What? Pretty where are we at? Well. Like, where are we at today? Never mind that we'll win to record. Where are we at today? 18 weeks. So when this records, it'll be 20 weeks at least. Yeah, it, yeah uh, it'll be the day. Yeah, it'll be two days. 20 weeks and two days. Which means possibly, nope, not the next episode. Maybe... Maybe two episodes from now, we'll do a gender reveal. Yeah. Mm, and we'll have like firecrackers. And, yes. Oh my goodness. Lynette was going into what, what yes, ideas she has. Yes, they want to do some crazy like, thing. Well, remember, did I tell you about Trey Kennedy? He does mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. gender. So he just did a, another set of ones on his Instagram story. Oh my goodness. There were some crazy ones. There were these people that were, uh, they shot a rifle mm. in into something that exploded or into yeah. blue. Then I saw the weirdest one ever. It was this woman and she had, I don't know, it looked like, you know those packs people use, uh, like actors in movies and stuff, to sh- to pretend that they're pregnant. Oh yeah. But it just oh, yeah. it, if it's under a shirt, it yeah, like, yeah. looks like a bump. Yeah. Anyway, so she had something like that, and then what they did is they they like they put it over her pregnant belly and then they like stabbed it and blue like oozed out like an alien mm, wow it's like what, what in the world Trey Kennedy's like is this like a boy a girl or like a gremlin or an alien Here, here's a question for you so the you were you were telling me about that he basically reacts to these yeah videos, right? yeah he yeah and and you know I mean I'm a big fan of debate teacher reacts yes. right and and so this Wise is all that disciple. and also here's an interesting one I don't know I wouldn't mind your thoughts on this one too but I'm I'm sidetracking here, but do you know Doug Wilson does Doug Wilson reacts, which actually he switches it to responds to all of um, Abraham Piper's TikTok videos. Oh no, I did not. Know very that. very interesting. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Yeah, so so we're, we, I I have a theory that basically everything has been done on YouTube. Which is why now people are reacting to stuff that's on YouTube, right? Yeah. They're basically just regurgitating old stuff and talking about mm-hmm. it. So here's my question. Um, when are we going to get videos that, of people reacting to people reacting to videos? 
I mean, it could come. I, oh, it's, I it's going to come. You mark see, my words. I have my own theory about the special appeal of reaction videos, too. I, I got nothing against reaction videos. I, As you well know, I like, I mean, Debate Teach Your Reacts is like one of my favorite YouTube channels. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I'm, and I totally agree with you that there is just like content overload. And so this is kind of the next yeah. step in that. But I do think there is something, yeah, special about the the reaction videos. Especially, like, just, like, in our isolated culture, people want to experience things together and yeah, experience how other it. people react to, yeah. to things. And, I mean, like, Wise Disciple is a great example because he's way more educated yeah. about He's debates. a debate teacher. Yeah, so than he, I am. So I learn he, things Yeah, he from helps him. us see things, yeah. But, I don't know, maybe we will have this person reacts to this person's reaction to this yeah. video. Well, and then eventually. how far is it going to go? I don't know. <laughs> I Look, I don't know. I just don't know. The world th- this day... This year, I have no answer. This is what I want to know. When uh, when are we going to have our own, somebody, you know, reacting to our podcast episodes? I mean, that would make me nervous. Bam. I got to say, I Man. would be nervous. Don't worry. I don't think Grammy's interested in that. <laughs> She's our main <laughs> listener, so you never know. Although, you never know. Grammy could do, like, Grammy reacts videos. See, they would I be pretty would hilarious. I love those. <laughs> I that, I, I would watch every Why isn't those. anybody doing that? That would be hilarious. All right, Jaquel, let's get into things. Let's get into things. Let's get down to business. Let's get serious for a moment. Hey, we're going to our roots today. Back oh, yeah. to our roots. Oh, we're, go- we're going deep. I mean, this is a topic that really first first helped position me in, in the public writing world. Oh, the public this writing is, world. This is the topic that I, I kind of like became known for as a teenager. It's true. It's true. So, uh, you know, we thought, hey, we should really have a casual conversation about it. Let's throw back. So we're hitting up the subject of theology. theology. Whoa, what, finally, seamless, seamless. Finally, you saw it, where I was going there. Yeah. I'm so so professional. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. So, yeah, we're talking <laughs> theology, which is a massive subject. Exactly. We could go so many different ways. I don't even know where to begin. Well, I, mean, I, I will mention because we're you always say we should have looked up what we talked yeah, about in true. our we original should. episode on this and i it's did true. look it up she did and what we talked about in our original theology episode is why theology is especially important for teenagers and this mm. is what i mean too when this was like my og topic some of my very first articles that i wrote for the revolution were articles yeah. like five reasons teens need to read books on theology and some of the first articles i wrote for other publications um were like yeah why you should take teenagers seriously and teach them theology and all that stuff which is a very important message but it's interesting to kind of have a conversation maybe similar to that or at least about theology now when i am not a teenager and in a very different stage of life you mean a casual conversation a casual naturally hey hey, i know where let's start where should we start let's start with uh i understand that you wrote a book Did you mention something? You just you mentioned it. correctly. I, I was kind of zoning out. I, I didn't mention the book, mind. no. Oh, I guess that also uh, was a huge I mean, part that, of my book. That's a big part. Like, here, here's a question for you. You wrote a book on theology, right? Theology for teens, practical theology. Yes. Right, for sure. How, how, how to live in response to the gospel. Basically, I mean, you talked a lot about theology and then how to live in response to the theology Indeed. that you that you hold to. Um, would you Would you do anything differently if you wrote that book now? I mean, c- clearly you're at a different stage in life now, but what if you were writing for teens now? I mean, you're what? You're only, what, four years, five years, six years later? 
Are yeah. we six years? You're 24? Yeah, six years from when I actually wrote the manuscript. You wrote it at Yeah, it came 18. out when I was 19. I wrote it when I was 18, though. That's yeah. how long the book process takes. So I have not reviewed my book in depth in well, a little while. Let me be more specific, because that, that, that is kind of a, a wide open question. Like, would you have addressed the same things? Do you think that the, the, the things that you addressed and the way you went through it, do you think you would do it the same? So back, like me looking back, I think I think I did good. <laughs> like six yeah. years later, I thought the, it was okay. The world has changed. <laughs> I mean, it feels like That's the world true. has changed so much, even in six years. Yes, I would probably tackle some different things today. Yeah. But there are things like originally. Do you remember originally? I was supposed to write a chapter on suffering. Oh yeah, I do. And my publisher very, very, very wisely you, cut it. You had three more. Chapters, I had two more, chapters. two more chapters. I had one on suffering and one on living in light of eternity in yeah. heaven. Um, and that's something that I'm really good, like I'm really grateful I didn't write a chapter on suffering when I was 18 and mm. had, like barely suffered. Um, that's true. Yeah. And so I think the topics that were all covered and yeah, the the theology that was in there, I think. I had enough wise people in my life counseling me to stick to a lot of the fundamentals that really I don't think I would have I would have changed too much. Well, I mean, you had one in particular, <laughs> one incredibly well, wise Well, all anybody person. has to do is read the dedication <laughs> to know the no, story there. No, no. I, I mean, it, it, it's not just that you, I mean, yeah, uh, obviously we, your mom and I had a major influence on you, but I, I think that for me, one of the most significant influences I had on you was directing you towards the best reading, yeah, the best books to read, for sure. So, so I, I guess it's just like, you know, the 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 place of good books in your life will influence your theology a great deal, mm-hmm. and that's why, like, when people read your book, oftentimes they come away with it being pushed towards other authors, right? And all of the ones you now, I don't know, you'd have to go back and look now, but a lot of I know what you pointed to was like Ryle. Exactly. And Calvin, and that's never going to change, yeah. right? So, so it's just a you know for young people and old people uh, and medium aged people, mm-hmm. I don't know, what are you middle aged people? Middle-aged. Let's say that uh, you know reading good resources will significantly influence your your theology for the better. Because I mean, like I just think your book is a great example of yeah. that. That and surrounding yourself with wise counselors and teachers. Because yeah. I, I mean, we've talked well, about many times people whose theology has shifted. Either for the good or the bad, mm-hmm. usually is affected by the people they are listening to and the people they're around. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, you know, you're you're exactly right because it's not just like so. Some people might say, "Well, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home." Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it's so important to find a church yeah. that really stands on the Word of God, mm-hmm. so that so that you know when you what, what you hear from the pulpit, like you think, you know, how many years you you've been listening to me preach for. 12 years steady yeah. and and even before that obviously we took great care in choosing good churches where you'd mm-hmm. hear good teaching so it's important to read good resources but it's i would venture to say it's more important to be planted in a solid biblical church to hear good yes theological and teaching. and i like that you drew out what the marker of how to find a solid theological church mm-hmm. is a church that is grounded in scripture because yeah. i think sometimes uh, maybe less so today. I don't know. Again, things mm-hmm. feels like things have changed in the last 10 years. Sure. But the word theology can still have confusing, scary yeah. connotations for people or they just think that theology means just like this intense summation of doctrine or something. And the, like the 
Theology simply means the study of God. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, there is two ways. You know, there is two ways we refer to it. You're right. I mean, you're you're right. You do need to get down to the foundational definition. Theologos, right? Study of God. Right. And so, that and that is found in scripture. That's just what I wanted to start with. Sure. That it's like that if you want to find a church with good theology, start like yeah. being rooted in scripture. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking because somebody somebody in our church, uh well, yeah, somebody in our church was asking me about systematic theology. Sure. And so yeah. it's like we do use theology. It, the word in different ways yeah. and that's and that's entirely appropriate but i like what you're getting to it reminds me of um rc sproul's book everybody's a Theolog yeah. theologian i've actually i don't think i ever read that one but I, I i think it's a great resource to start with if you've never read systematic theology yeah um but but the point he's making obviously is that you're a theologian whether you like it or not because everybody has some understanding of god and so you're either a good theologian or you're a bad one but yeah. everybody's a theologian and if you, and if you're a christian you're a professing christian you ought to be seeking to be a good theologian mm, it's true what that aw tozer quote whatever oh, yeah. comes into your mind when you think about god is the most important thing about you well and and it's something that like like that never stops like you never stop studying theology mm -hmm. and and I don't think there's a better example of that than uh, well I no, there's better examples of it I, I I I for me it has been like I have been a great example of how your theology never stops developing like as mm -hmm. as we said I'm turning 50 this year um, I've, I've been to seminary. I've read a lot of books. I've read the Bible a lot of times. And as you well know, I just came to uh, a clear understanding of classical theism. Mm. And that's some th pretty significant things about God, yeah. right? His simplicity and his aseity and, and other things of that nature that I won't get into describing here, although maybe later we will. But anyway, um, I mean, this is a, an episode on theology. But it, it's like to think that at 50 years old, you can come to an understanding uh, after, like I say, of studying the Bible and reading books and going to seminary and still learning these like significantly important things about God. Well, that's why it's interesting that you even asked me that question at the very beginning because I think of how much I have learned in yeah. the six years since I wrote that book and how much my theology has, has also grown and developed and matured. And I think that's scary to some people that it's like, oh, I, sh I, should, never, yeah. I should never have confidence in my theology because I'm, I might change it. Yeah. But I think there is a tension where we can look at scripture, say, <laughs> we, we see this in scripture, we, we think this to be true, we hold this to be true, while recognize our own, our own, recognizing our own infallibility yeah. and our oh, yeah. own knowing that we are going to grow and develop and just praying that the Holy Spirit would continue to sanctify us and lead us in the truth. And I, I mean, I know we started with your book, but I, I still think that's a great example because like you... You addressed like very core doctrines and, and you didn't dig deep into the theology of each right. doctrine. You just shared what was necessary for people to understand the doctrine and then you applied it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I like I think that was so wise like because why why would you as an 18 year old want to write a, 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 a intricately deep uh, systematic theology. That's, I, I didn't that's because dumb, there were much better right? ones. That's, that's yeah. exactly right. But but the point was is that you had a perspective as an 18-year-old and, and and so that's why it was just so so smart to just take the basic doctrine and then apply it because mm -hmm. as, a, as a young person, that was that was what you brought to the table. Exactly. Was that, look, let me help you see how to apply this. And, and so, yeah. Well, and today, <laughs> I couldn't have written a book that effective for teenagers exactly. because right now 
I am so out of that headspace. Yeah. Like I exactly married for two and a half years. I have like two children. Like I am just like not connected to my life as a teenager anymore. I've mm-hmm. been out of the teen years for four or five years. Well, so I think. I think it was. I think it was good timing. I think it was yeah. Lord's timing. Well, and uh, I don't know if we've mentioned on the pod, but you and I have been talking a fair bit lately about like how do you know what to write write about yeah. and when should Especially you write as about a young it and things like that. Yeah. So, so the, uh, I I think the point I just want to you know narrow in on here is is you know whether you're going to write a book or whether you're going to become an accountant or whatever you're going to do, if you can establish a strong theology early in life mm-hmm. it's going to help you later for sure like regardless of what you do you know you're going to be a better accountant mm-hmm. if you have a stronger theology you're going to be a better i don't know what else, what else Every do people, painter? you're a better lawyer you're going to be a better painter you're going to be a better carpenter or even a better handyman yeah you know no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no now you've taken it too far <laughs> no, it's too far but th- that's the point like start young don't ever think oh you know i'll wait to strengthen my theology i'll, I'll wait to read the whole bible till later or i'll wait to dig into theological books till later yeah. no now is the time yeah well right? that's so true because which we've kind of mentioned this but just to really reinforce it like your theology affects what you do every day it should like Oh, or else it's it bad theology. Uh, yeah, but your bad theology affects what you do as well. Okay, so so yeah, okay. I, the the thing I'm getting at here, and this is something that's you know, I don't know. It just keeps it keeps presenting itself as something so dr- drastically important. Is that it seems like a lot of people have very good theology. Like the, it's good <laughs> theology. The things they believe about God are 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 very solid, but their application is hot garbage yeah. like they're not living in response to their theology so my, my point is is that you can have all of your theological t's crossed and i's dotted and if you're not living in response to that theology it's bad theology see you need to explain this more to me though because i don't understand it like how can how can what you believe be the right thing yet it not result in right action like is this like orthodoxy orthopraxy but well, even it definitely still, is i just don't understand how you can be like orthodox but not live well I, right. I, I think it's it, I think it's simple. I, I think it, it, there's a difference between knowing things and believing things because okay. people say, I believe this about God. And it's like, well, you know that about God. Mm-hmm. But if you're not living in response to it, you don't really believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. So so and I don't mean to be oversimplistic. There could be other things. Actually, there are other things involved. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of times it's it's things from your history. If you were brought up in a very legalistic yeah. church, that could be an issue. Um, I mean, there's other things at play. There, there's inconsistency. Sometimes we're just inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's there's areas of, of your, you know, your life and my life where we believe things about God and we're not living in response yeah. to them. Like when we worry. Right. Sure. We're, we're being inconsistent because yeah. we're supposed to have faith. Right. And and things like that. So it's not that simplistic. But in many cases, it is. Yeah. If you walk into a church and that church has a solid doctrinal statement, let, let, let's just say they have the best doctrinal statement ever written. The London Baptist Confession of, of 1689. Right. Let, let's just say that or or a close second. They have the Westminster Confession. Yeah. Right. So so let's just say they have that. And you walk in and nobody is living right mm-hmm. like there's just there's rampant immorality throughout the church the services are a joke like everything y- you can you can gather that that there's not a lot of belief in that church mm-hmm. they know all the right things but not a lot of belief but if you go into a church and there's just like minor inconsistencies here and there's certain certain areas and things like that yeah it could just be inconsistencies could just be blind spots you know it's not that simple but in general i think that's the main difference knowledge yeah. versus belief yeah okay that's helpful well, you're welcome. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so what's next? 
Uh, well, let, well, let, let, let's talk about like, let, let's talk a little bit more about theology. Okay. So, so if we talk about like, so let me, let me ask you the question that I was asked. I was, I was asked a question um, about systematic theology. What is the deal with systematic theology yeah. and where's a good place to start? Okay. So um, I'll, I'll let you, uh, you know, if you have any thoughts. I had already said everybody's a theologian. If you've never yeah. read systematic theology, everybody's a theologian is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Well, systematic theology is just going through systematic theological doctrine. So like going through the doctrine of God, yeah. the doctrine of man, the yeah. doctrine of eternity, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just kind of the way you organize your study of theology. It's, it's basically like a topical study yeah. uh, of, of issues in the Bible, right? For yeah. sure. And, and then you look at what the Bible says about that specific topic. Mm -hmm. um, I mean... When I was a lass. <laughs> no, don't do it, Jaquel. I mean, this is what don't most people think of when they say, don't. What, what book should I read no, on systematic I, theology? I beg of you, don't do it, Jaquel. I was taught. Go ahead. Do through it. Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. You know, sometimes in life, parents have regrets. Um, which, and, but, but I don't. I Carry also on. heard another resource that was not used with me yeah. is a Lewis Burkhoff's Systematic yes. Theology, yeah, which that's, perhaps you would be uh, quicker to recommend. That's exactly <laughs> where I start people with. It, now, I mean, it is tough because he's he's Presbyterian. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I do caution people that I recommend it to um, that, that there, that, you know, that there are going to be some differences there. But yeah, I, th I think Burkhoff is a good place to start. And, and, and from Burkhoff, like... I think Calvin is a great place to go next. Yeah. Like people are scared of Calvin sometimes and, and people are uh, misinformed on Calvin sometimes. Mm -hmm. And and so I think Calvin is another great place. If you make it through Calvin, then I mean, where do you go next? You go to uh, bobbing, bobbing, of course, of course bobbing. Like, yeah, bobbing. exactly. So, okay. So let me address, let me address Grudem. I'm trying to remember what do the guys on Doctrine Devotion call him? Uh, wrong way, Wayne or something like uh. that. They have some funny name. Here's the thing. Um, Grudem is a great systematic theology. I, I have no problem with people reading Grudem and, and I think that's good, but I do think that Grudem has got, uh, the doctrine of God significantly. He, 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 he's got some errors on that and without getting into it it has to do with eternal submission of the son uh ess or eras eternal relations and anyway the the point is 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 that he does come down wrong on that and it's a pretty significant issue mm -hmm. um and then and then i i'm trying to think where he falls on some of the issues concerning classical theism um because i think there might be some issues there but anyway overall like the the thing the thing about Wayne Grudem i like is that he's generally like for example let me let me uh, address his well eh, i'm going all over the place on the gifts you know i didn't even mm -hmm. teach you guys yeah. the chapter on the gifts cuz i think he's flat out wrong on that cuz he's uh he's a, a continuationist yeah. um so um but um for example his chapter on the on the end times he treats all the positions very well mm -hmm. i i think i think he's eh, it's been a long time but i think he's fair to other positions so you know, Grudem is oftentimes the the standard. I hey, it's one, not where I start. One people. little book he wrote that I thought was pretty good, and I read. Uh, I think after high school, I don't know if you read it. Is his book that it's just twenty beliefs every Christian? Oh yeah, should know. did he and do that, that with his son? Yes, yeah. I believe so. And but he wrote it, I think, with young people in mind who just want like a brief taste of mm. systematic theology. 
yeah okay good so so okay so 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 there's systematic theology and and it's a good place to start like you want to you want to know what you believe about certain things Mm -hmm. um i mean hey i hate to take it well i actually don't hate to at all but that's where the confessions come in handy again like you think about Mm -hmm. the london Baptist confession or what the westminster confession it's almost like a systematic theology it's just a very short Mm -hmm. right so um anyway so so systematic theology very important you want to know what the bible teaches about specific topics what is the difference between systematic theology and biblical theology? Well, obviously, biblical theology is way better because, because only, it's biblical. only biblicists <laughs> biblical theology. You're terrible. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, you could probably explain it better than me, but I understand biblical theology to be looking at theological themes like directly seen in scripture and so you're looking at stuff like typology Mm -hmm. and um instead of organizing your theology by topic you're organizing it by the themes that you see in scripture yeah you're tracing it throughout all of scripture yeah yeah right and so 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 one of one of the ways that i like to think about about um biblical theology and it's just kind of like it's just kind of a helpful way to help you know to just kind of uh formulate in your mind what we're talking about when we talk about systematic theology like say for example you want a uh, anthropology a doctrine of man and you want a biblical theology of man well generally you want to trace the doctrine of of man from creation you know how was how was man created and then what happened to the doctrine of man as a result of the fall mm. and then how does how does god redeem the doctrine of man at at uh, redemption and then of course new creation what will what will that mean and that's just kind of like a broad way to look at it but you're right it's basically studying studying a doctrine as it's progressively revealed throughout the scripture mm-hmm. and and they're, they're both incredibly good um uh, uh, you know biblical theology and systematic theology are both very important it, there's much more to it than that but th- this is just obviously a, an introductory uh, comment and th- they're both important um as far as a biblical theology like a, well, a resource so do you remember the book mom and i read together <laughs> i was that's the book I, it's jim oh, hamilton yeah right? yeah that what was the book theology? oh that's what it's called yep okay yeah that book was great Re- yep. really enjoyed that book so so that that's an excellent place to start so yeah good uh okay so let's see what next well i would like to go back to something okay we we said a a little bit and just uh, i just want to hit home on it more it is so important to to study theology when you're young because i would like to i just want to like mention again how happy i am that i did not write a chapter on suffering yeah yet i am also incredibly thankful that I studied a lot of theology about suffering when yeah. I was a teenager because as life gets older and or as you get older and life gets harder and stuff those those doctrines that you start learning like years past those really like impact your life deeply mm-hmm. for the rest of your life and so even if if you're not young it's so important to start now and I think people who are afraid of being like well why study theology if my theology is just going to keep changing no like your theology is going to be such a source of comfort and encouragement to you throughout your life. Like, this is not just a dry study. Yes, this changes how you live. It also changes how you think and will be a great blessing to you. Okay, so uh, I'm going to flip that coin because I find or I suspect that a lot of older people 
the that that say you know they've been they've been going to church all their lives and and all of a sudden some new young whippersnapper pastor comes in and starts saying hey you should be reading more theology and stuff like that not that that's ever happened in our life <laughs> but but you know and all of a sudden you think, ah you know nah i mean i'm 60 65 70. no way man like you're never too late to start studying theology like True. let's just think about uh what's going to happen when you die well, when you die, you are going, if you're a Christian, you know, after the, the scripture says after, after death comes judgment. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Christian, you know, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be, uh, God is going to look at you and you're going to be in Christ and, and you're going to be accepted because you're a member of his family. You've been redeemed and you're going to be in the presence of God for all of eternity. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to learn more about God mm-hmm. and guess how long that's going to go on. Forever Forever. and ever and ever. You're just going to keep learning more about God. And there's going to be nothing more exciting to you Mm -hmm. than knowing more of the God whom you love. Mm -hmm. And so why is it ever too late to start studying theology? It's never too late like that. You're you're just basically preparing for heaven. Mm -hmm. So so you're never too young and you're never too late. When you understand the gift (laughs) that theology can be for you like this is these these aren't just facts okay this isn't just head knowledge I mean this is belief right and your beliefs shape like how you respond to situations they shape your hope in life so so there is yes that made me think they're preparing you for eternity but they're also preparing you for death yeah like you want to have a strong theology when that comes Mm. right um I was talking to a church member the other day and she was telling me her dad got a, a a a negative diagnosis and and i said oh how's he doing and she said he just looked at me and he said i can't wait to meet jesus oh, wow. and it's just like right it's like that's a person with right theology. that's what <laughs> like, i'm talking about yeah. right so so yeah uh, anyway so there you go there you well, go i mean what else we, is there to we say? went full circle and yeah. we talked about death yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> we started with birth, <laughs> my birthday, exactly, and we and ended with death. death. So there you yeah. go. I, I think we, I, I think we've hit on everything we need to I hit on. So. This has been a very uh, uh, enjoyable, casual conversation. Indeed. So where can people find us if they want to, to comment on pretty much anything? <laughs> I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff in this yeah. episode. They can go to our website, ageofminority.com. They can email us at jacalforshawn at ageofminority.com. They can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And if they have some to share about us Good words, maybe people. a Good. little birthday gift for Sean Ooh. they can head over to Apple iTunes and give us an honest five star rating and review for their chance <laughs> to be reviewed have their review reviewed by us <laughs> also another catchy review there you go alright you go until next week this has been Age of Minority